Good morning. And welcome to Edgeboro Moravian Church, where we are a community dedicated to loving God, growing in Christ, and sharing the Holy Spirit with those around us. Uh, since this is the, uh, well, one week down in Easter, I hope we didn't forget our practice, and so I will say this in the hopes that you know what to do after that. The Lord is risen. The Lord is risen. Amen. Uh, we start off this morning with a few announcements of things taking place uh, in the life of this church. Uh, this Sunday, uh, Edgeboro will be serving lunch at the Salvation Army, and all are invited to attend. Uh, you do not need any uh, kitchen experience to be uh, a part of that lunch. You can also consume lunch as well, not just prepare it. Uh, also uh, today... Uh, the youth group will be meeting, uh, sixth grade through uh, post high. They'll be uh, meeting following worship somewhere in the building. So if you're a part of that group, don't leave. Uh, there are extra sugar cakes. If you ordered some and did not pick them up yet, they are downstairs in the fellowship hall. Or if you did not order some but would like some, they are still in the fellowship hall. Uh, still $6 a piece. Uh, you may uh, pay for them and take them from there. Also to finish up, uh, May 18th and 19th is our Mystery Dinner Theater, uh, a fundraiser uh, for this church or various projects uh, related to this church. Uh, tickets can only be purchased in advance, and I believe they will be on sale somewhere today. If you don't know, you can probably figure out by asking at least maybe eh, two people, and you'll be okay. But uh, uh, Or if... Uh, um, if, if you can't figure it out uh, today, you can call the church office and we will get tickets for you. That would be uh, uh, that Saturday night on the 18th or following worship that Sunday afternoon. Are there any other announcements to share at this time? Anything to add or change? Yes. Thank you, Johanna. Is there anything else? You only need to register once. Uh, Save yeah. us some confusion. <laughs> uh, yeah. Absolutely. And so participants as well as volunteers, you can register online at the church website, edgeboromraving.org. Anything else? Then let us uh, continue with our worship as we uh, hear uh, the verse that was chosen for us to lead us through this next week. And that will be followed by our unison prayer. Our weekly watchword is, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. That's from John 20, 21. 
Please join me in the unison prayer. Risen Lord, just as you work to bring your peace into the world, unite us in the world to do the same. We confess that we do not, sometimes we choose not to share your peace with others. Nourish our growing faith as we continue to serve you. Amen. We do have many reasons to celebrate in this Easter season, but we have one in particular to highlight now. Uh, the baptism of the newest uh, member of the family of God, uh, Mika Dreisbach. And so welcome extended uh, uh, Dreisbach, Kish, Swanson family all in one. Uh, we are glad that you are here today and we celebrate with you. And we specifically celebrate with you at this time. So let us stand as we join together in the Liturgy for Baptism, which is found on page 165. <laughs> In grace, God called and chose the people of Israel and established with them a covenant. I will be your God and you will be my people. And in that relationship, they were to be freed from sin and become a blessing to all. Then God came to us in Jesus Christ and fulfilled that covenant for all people. Through Christ's life, death, and resurrection, God made for us a new covenant of grace. We come before you with joy, O God, to claim the promises of your covenant. Our Lord Jesus Christ instituted baptism as a visible means of entry into the new covenant. Baptism is a gift of God. And in this sacrament, through grace and the power of the Holy Spirit, we are united with Christ, are cleansed by his saving work, enter into the fellowship of the church, and are called to a life of faith and willing obedience. Those of you baptized into Christ Jesus, how were you baptized? Into his death. You were buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glorious power of God Almighty, we too might be raised to live a new life. In baptism, children also share in the benefits of our Lord's redeeming work through God's grace and the faith of parents and of the church. For God's promises to us and to our children. And now to parents, Chris and Amy, to aunt and uncle, Beth and Steve. As you present yourselves before God and this congregation, we call upon you to profess your faith. Do you believe in God as your creator and loving Heavenly Father, in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, and in the Holy Spirit as your comforter and sustainer, according to the Holy Scriptures. Lord, make us one with all your children as we profess our faith, saying, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was he descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy 
and God-fearing. Do you in this faith turn away from sin, evil, and selfishness in your thoughts, words, and actions? And do you intend to participate actively in Christ's church, serving God all the days of your life? Relying on the power of the Holy Spirit, do you promise to lead Mika by prayer, instruction, and example toward that time when she can by grace confirm her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and commit herself to the life and work of the church? To the congregation, do you receive and affirm Mika as a child of God and a member of this congregation and accept your obligation to love and nurture her in Christ? Please be seated. you, gracious God, for the gift of water. The gift of water which you have created and given to us as a sign of life. And we recall with gratitude how you led your people from slavery to freedom through the waters of the sea. We rejoice in the gift of the Holy Spirit at the baptism of your Son in the waters of the Jordan. And we praise you for opening up to us the way of eternal life through his death and resurrection. Now send your spirit upon Mika, who receives the waters of baptism today so that she may become a living, growing, and active member of your church. Rise to new life, be led and nourished by your word and sacraments, and share in your eternal blessings. Amen. Give to these parents and sponsors your wisdom and strength that with love and understanding they may guide to Christian maturity the young life entrusted to their care. Amen. Mika Grace Dreisbach. Into the death of Jesus I baptize you in the name of the Father. Now, through God's grace and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, you have been brought into the covenant. Therefore, live yet not you alone, but Christ live in you. And the life which you live now, live by faith in the Son of God, who loved you and gave his life for you. And now, Mika, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you 
pleasure to introduce to you now the newest member of this church and God's family, Mika Dragbach. At this time, let's turn to hymn number 723, now, now. <laughs> and we'll sing together, I, Jesus, Little Lamb. many things that, uh, that members of Edgeboro do at baptism, uh, a few of them make uh, uh, prayer shawls and blankets for those who are baptized. And so as one of those members who do so, uh, I invite Myra Jones here to present Mika's blanket. Thank you, Myra. Thank you, Marsha. And uh, blessings be with, uh, with Micah and her family. We are in your, uh, we are, you are in our prayers and, and definite support. So welcome, 
Mika to the family of God. At this time, I would invite uh, the uh, children forward for our children's moment now, um, somewhere. Uh, come on forward, we'll find a place and we'll be all set. So good morning, good to see you. Um, do you know what we just did? What is that thing called that we just did? A baptism, right. <laughs> baptism is a special way that we acknowledge that someone has joined the family of God. So you'll probably be seeing more of those later. I'm sure each of you were baptized as little babies long ago. You probably don't remember it, but it took place right here. So I'm gonna change subjects. Last week, I had a cup of water, and I asked you if it was half full or half empty, and then I drank it. I'm not going to drink it today, okay? But I want to show you a trick that I just learned from someone else, okay? And it has to do with a paperclip. What do you think is going to happen when I drop this paperclip into the water? It's going to sink. Let's see. Okay, so it sank, right? Do you need more proof, or should I do it again? I'll do it once more, because you don't seem convinced, huh? Okay, so we got two sunken paper clips at the bottom. What if I told you that the next one I'm going to drop in is going to float? Would you believe me? Yes. You would? <laughs> oh, you have a lot of faith in me. Or you know that I have a trick up my sleeve. So here's how this works. Here's how you make a paperclip float, all right? Before you put the paperclip in, you take a piece of paper towel or a napkin, and you put it right on the water. And before it gets super wet, you put it right on top like it's right in a boat. But then watch what happens. We can give it a second here. What's happening to the paper towel? It's sinking, okay? So the paper towel's sinking. Where's the paper clip? It's floating on top, and look, you don't even need the paper towel to help it. So look at that. You can make a paper clip float. Even though we just saw it sink one time after another after another, this one floats. But I can make it sink too. We're going to read a Bible story about something incredible that happened and about someone who doesn't believe it. There's a disciple named Thomas who does not get to see Jesus risen from the dead after Easter. The rest of the disciples did, but he did not. And he said, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Okay? It's the same thing as that. We're not going to believe the paperclip floats until we see it for ourselves. So let's pray. Let's pray now. And we're going to pray that uh, God can help us see Jesus. Because sometimes it's hard to see signs of Jesus around us or in our friends or in the things that we do. So we're going to ask God for some help, okay? So let's pray. God, we thank you for being with us. Help us to see Jesus in the people around us and in the things that we do. 
Sometimes it is hard to believe in you, especially when we don't see you standing in front of us. But through the love and support of friends and family, may we see you in the lives of others. It is in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for coming up. You guys can go back to your seats, and you can experiment with that trick at home. Before we get to our scripture reading today, we're going to scroll down the screen. And then we'll hear our scripture reading being read today. Thank you. 
So before I almost deprive the choir of that wonderful anthem, they said you're not getting off the hook that easily. And so thank you for catching me, even though I thought you were standing before I even spoke. And I'm like, I'm not even to the good part of my sermon yet. I thought you were doing something different, but instead I got very excited about the children's message, apparently. So I need to start off by paraphrasing some English lit lessons for you this morning. And for me, being a math guy, that doesn't sound like the most enticing thing in the world, but hang in there with me for a second. For some of us, it's been a while since we've been in any sort of class like that, so I hope this can serve as a reminder to us all. As we might learn in a class like that, when trying to understand what someone has written, one of the best questions that we can ask is also one of the favorite questions of children everywhere. That question is, why? Why did the author write this? It might help us read something differently if we know where the author is coming from. Now, for articles and school papers or scholarly writings, this takes the form of a thesis, the author's purpose for writing, the argument, the point. And this is usually found somewhere in the beginning, But this why question gets harder to answer with stories and poetry and music because the author's purpose usually isn't stated somewhere in the writing itself. And sometimes all of that is left up to interpretation with works like that. And unless we hear the author say for themselves what this particular writing is about, it may always be up for interpretation. And this is exactly the case for many parts of the Bible. Now, there are other parts that actually tell us, and we can figure out what the purpose is, like Paul's letters to the Romans and Corinthians and so on. They're written in order to communicate to people because they are letters. And so knowing that can at least let us know who Paul might be talking to. But if we read something else like the Psalms, we're left wondering why this poetry was ever written in the first place because the author doesn't tell us in the Psalm itself. So it's not all the time that we see an author of a book in the Bible actually say why they wrote what they did. But here in the Gospel of John, near the end, at the end of chapter 20, with only one chapter remaining in the whole book, John says why this Gospel is written down. Now Jesus did many other signs, it goes on to say, in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. And Shannon, if you could change the slide real quick. It goes on to say this. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. So this gospel exists so that each reader may come to believe in Jesus as the chosen one, the Son of God, so that they may have life in his name. Two things about this. First, there's a footnote that you can find in most English Bibles that actually do include footnotes in there that actually says that there are two versions of the Gospel of John in two different early, two different early copies of it, and there are two ways that this verse can be handled. That when you read it, you may come to believe, as in that rectangle up there, or when you read it, you may continue to believe. Continue to believe is another phrase that we could put in that box above me. So in other words, 
We're not done believing after we believe just once. It is a lifelong effort and something that can be renewed each time you read the scriptures, each time that you worship, and each time that you pray. You can believe anew. Second thing, when it says you may have life in his name, you should know that in Greek there are actually three words for life. There's psyche, there's bios, and there's zoe. Now the first two are things that we have to describe the fact that we are living and breathing, that we have a pulse. We always have those things. But the last one, zoe, describes so much more than that. It's vibrancy, it's fullness, it's abundance, purpose, and joy. It's not just that we have a pulse, but that we are living life, right? There's a difference. And that's the kind of life in his name that the author says that we receive from believing in Christ. And it's the same kind of life, that same word is used when Jesus promises us abundant life earlier in this gospel and when Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Now these are written so that you may come or continue to believe in Jesus and through believing you may have Zoe life in his name. But belief, trust, faith, They all take time to grow within us. We know this because people don't just read the Gospels once and suddenly believe in Jesus. That's not how this works. And we know this because we see it in the Gospel of John itself. Because there are people like the the woman at the well earlier in the Gospel who met Jesus and believed in him right away. And there are people like Nicodemus even earlier in the Gospel who came to Jesus at night so that no one would know he was coming to him. And he heard Jesus say things like John 3.16. But he still left confused. He still left not believing. And we don't see him for a while until he willingly helps Joseph of Arimathea put Jesus properly in his tomb after the crucifixion which symbolizes his belief in Jesus that he later came to. And then there are people like Thomas, who we heard about today, who needs time, a full week longer than the rest of the disciples, in order to continue believing. Our believing happens at different moments and at different rates. Many times we don't see Jesus at the same times or in the same places and in the same ways that other people might. And Jesus knows that. Because after sending them out to the world and gifting them with the Holy Spirit, Jesus says something interesting. If you could go one more slide, or two more slides, rather. There we go. He says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And I have to do another translation lesson here because this one's really cool how it ties in the Thomas. In Greek, that sins that's mentioned a second time in the second part of that sentence is not actually there. That's something that we filled in in English. So it might be more accurate to say, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain any, they are retained. 
that second part of the sentence becomes really ambiguous. If you retain any, they are retained. And sometimes we assume that sin, that that word sin just carries over into the second part of the sentence. But what if any still refers to people like it does in the first part of the sentence? If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain any, they are retained. So, in other words, what if this is a lesson on fellowship? What if this is saying that if you forgive someone, then they will know that God forgives them? And likewise, if you retain someone, if you embrace someone, if you hold on to someone, if you are there for someone, if you support someone, then they will know that God retains them and embraces them and holds on to them and is there for them too. Think about that. So if you don't leave someone behind because they haven't come to believe in Jesus as quickly as you have, then they will know that Jesus hasn't left them behind either. So imagine how meaningful that would have been for Thomas, who missed Jesus the first time around and could have easily thought that he was left out and left behind from the other disciples. But because the disciples waited for him, waited with him for an entire week, they were still there to witness Thomas come to belief all over again. We are invited to believe the good news of Jesus over and over again. Each time we read, sing, pray, or worship. We experience Jesus differently, which is a blessing, because then we can share our own experiences so that we might open our eyes in a different way and look for Christ in the world. And we hope that that belief can lead to a Zoe life, a purpose, an energy, a passion, a blessing, an abundance. And when we have trouble continuing to believe or experiencing life, may we find that we have not been left alone, that our brothers and our sisters are there with us just as we promise to be with one another during each and every baptism here. May we find that we are not alone. May we find that through our brothers and sisters, we can see that they are forgiving us, and then that way we know that Jesus forgives us too. And may we see them serving so that Jesus serves us too. And may we see them loving so that way we know that Jesus loves us too. And when we witness somebody else in the same situation go through all of that, may we be the brother or sister who is there for them too. So thanks be to God for Christ, who draws us together and can never be separated from us. Amen. In response to the great mercy and love that Christ shows us each day, uh, let us respond in one of many ways that we can respond through our actions and through the giving of ourselves. And so now we've come to a time of offering in our worship service.
we proceed with our offering, please join along in singing with us, Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. Lord, 
We thank you for these gifts that will aid in our quest to go out into the world and live out this phrase that you taught us. The phrase is, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. One week ago, we celebrated the resurrection, and it serves as a constant reminder of just how much you care and love us. Lord, we also remember that this offering is not from us, but it is from you, as you have given us everything in this world. In turn, there is nothing in this world that we can give to you, but to live out your teachings. As always, we are grateful for what you have given us. Amen. At this time, we continue our prayers with our own prayer joys and concerns. I have uh, a few to, to mention and then would invite any of you who feel called and led to share your own prayer joys and concerns. Uh, first and foremost, let us continue to keep the drive box in our prayer upon Mika's uh, baptism. Uh, let us continue our prayers also for uh, Teddy, the Rue Jones's great-grandson, who is uh, improving in the hospital. Is that correct? Absolutely. And we will continue to uh, keep Teddy in our prayers. Uh, we will also keep uh, Nancy Maley's daughter, Gail, after her shoulder surgery last week in our prayers. Uh, we also keep in mind those that are preparing and eating lunch in the Salvation Army today. And let us also keep in mind uh, something that uh, shocked us as we heard about it in our local news and, uh, and, and in larger circles as well. Uh, let us keep Iglesia Pentecostal de Bethlehem uh, located on Pembroke Road in our prayers after two fires were set to their church building uh, over this past week. Uh, Betsy Miller, uh, Dave Bennett, Tracy Robinson, along with myself, uh, we met with uh, Pastor Carmen and a few others to introduce ourselves on Friday, uh, offer our support, uh, pray with them, and see the damages. So the sanctuary part of their building uh, seems to be completely destroyed. Even though it's still standing, they will most likely have to uh, rebuild that part of their church. Uh, so today they are worshiping at First Presbyterian Church. Uh, and uh, as Christian brothers and sisters, let us keep their congregation in our prayers. And as church neighbors, being less than a mile away, uh, let us show hospitality if and when we are called upon. I would now open the floor to uh, any of you who would like to share your own prayers. Uh, how might we pray for you this morning? Yes. Or at least on, on a surface level, we know Bishop Sam Gray, who has uh, been here in the past, uh, uh, lost a nephew uh, over the, uh, the last few days. Uh, this younger nephew, I believe, was, was killed um, down in, in, in Honduras. Is that correct? He was 26 years old. And so we will we'll keep uh, Bishop Sam and, and uh, uh, his family in our prayers. Others? Yes, Kay.
Absolutely. Yeah, we'll certainly keep Joe and uh, and uh, her son Connie and Keith and uh, Connie's husband as well in all of our prayers, and may they experience the peace which uh, Christ speaks of three times in our scripture lesson spoke of today. So may they find God's peace. celebrate with her as well. Are there other joys or concerns to share at this time? Waiting for that six-pound mark next. Thank you, Gail. Joe. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for reminding us that there are quadrillions of reminders out there of resurrection miracles and resurrection-like miracles to experience around us. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't know if you were aware that a younger member of our congregation would be leaving this week for a former mission trip, I guess, to Kenya. Uh, young person who's probably around 18 years of age or so. And I think it's quite a special uh, feat for her to be going on her own to do this. 
Really? <laughs> that is fantastic. Uh, we, God's blessings be with you. Uh, may God uh, bring you there safely, bring you back safely. May you experience all sorts of different blessings and seeing, how, seeing the ways in which different people live and just sharing God's grace. You'll do great. Go. <laughs> That's his words, not mine, but we'll talk. <laughs> Are there any other joys or concerns? Last week I said five years in my trance, but I won't say it again. Follow this any trance plan and as you assert yourself, thank you for using it a lot. Thank you for sharing your joy with us, Bob. With all of those prayer joys and concerns, let us come to our God in prayer. Wonderful God, what a blessing it is to know that uh, you listen to us, you care about us, you love us, and you love the others and the things that we care about too. Uh, thank you, God, for listening to our prayers, the joys and the concerns that we have lifted up in this room, room today. Uh, we give you thanks for opportunities to, uh, to share your grace with the world, both here and halfway around the world as well. And so we pray for all of those who, uh, uh, who travel in your name. Uh, we thank you for the, the joys of uh, celebrating new life, celebrating resurrection, celebrating baptisms, uh, celebrating the blessings and the peace that, that you give to us. Uh, Lord, we cannot thank you enough, but may we give our lives to you as thanks in return. Gracious God, we are aware of many who are... Uh, who are perhaps uh, either celebrating your peace, are in need of peace themselves, or in need of healing and grace desperately. We think of many who are going through difficult times, uh, taking care of loved ones, or perhaps experiencing pain themselves. Uh, we think of, uh, of many who are uh, trying to rebuild or wrap their heads around uh, a, a tragedy that has occurred in their community or in their family, in their nation, or in their world. Lord, as, uh, as God of peace, may you uh, make us instruments of peace. And so that as we uh, act and, and, and speak of your love and, and, uh, and do unto others as we would have them do unto us, uh, may we be signs uh, of all of those things. May we, may we be uh, symbols of your love and mercy to show others that you indeed do care and you do uh, bring healing and reconciliation and power and strength and wisdom and many other gifts and qualities to the world and to them and to us. Lord, again, thank you for listening to all of our prayers spoken in this room today. We trust that you have heard each and every one of them. 
And yet, Lord, there are many other prayers that have been left unspoken, prayers that, that we hold on to. Uh, hear us now as we let go of those prayers for a brief moment to entrust them to you now. Lord, we pray in the silence. Lord, bless us, comfort us, lift us up, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord, amen. This time, I would invite you to stand and sing as we come to our closing song. You will find it up on the screen if you're a musical person and need notation. You can find this on page 90 in the spiral-bound songbook. So let us sing together, I Search for You, Lord, as our closing hymn.
brothers, may our belief in Christ be renewed each time we act in his name. May the fellowship of Christ continue to bless us. And may the abundant life Christ gives fill, energize, and comfort us. Go in peace to love and serve our risen Lord. Amen. Thank you.